Don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. Drinking with drugs is even worse and will make you go deranged and scary. And if you have a deadbeat boyfriend, you should probably kick him to the curb when you have over a million dollars in jewelry. Let's stay with the man that gave that to you. Let's not deviate. Again, don't piss off the mob monsters. I don't know why they meet in a particular <laughs> grocery store restaurant in the middle of Kansas City. Couldn't they go somewhere nicer? I don't know, but they really like mama's cooking. Welcome to the What's Up Reddit podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-hosts, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. And Alec Burgess. Let's get it. And I'm apparently turning the time over to the real James Mattson for the intro. Yay! To our All right, ladies and gentlemen, today. this is a real ginge movie here. Casino is something that I... I think it only came across like seven or eight years ago. I was watching TV and I guess I had a long time to watch TV because uh, this certainly isn't a short movie. But if you are looking to see Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci in a gangster movie, then look no further than The City of Sin. Las Vegas, the prime lights. If you want to know the history of how Sin City was built, what better way to get educated than a movie about the history itself? If you want to know bad parenting, watch this movie. <laughs> if you want to understand how to run a casino, you should watch this movie. If you want to be a part of a gang and make it through the ranks and beat people up and stab them with a pen, you can watch this movie too. All of that being said, the thing that this movie teaches more than most, don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. Drinking with drugs is even worse and will make you go deranged and scary. And if you have a deadbeat boyfriend, you should probably kick him to the curb when you have over a million dollars in jewelry. Let's stay with the man that gave that to you. Let's not deviate. Again, don't piss off the mob monsters. I don't know why they meet in a particular <laughs> grocery store restaurant in the middle of Kansas City. Couldn't they go somewhere nicer? I don't know. But they really like mama's cooking. All that to be said, this movie is long, but this movie is well acted. And it gives you the history of how Sin City was built. You should watch it. You should enjoy it. I'm not sure who you're going to like more. Are you going to be on more of Sam's side in the casino? Or are you going to be more on Joe Pesci with the gangster? Everyone dies a horrible death, but Sam makes it out alive. Gambling is Spoiler. life. Anyways, that's my intro. If you want a good time, drugs, parenting, gambling, Vegas, mafia, go for it. What's our verdict reviews to not contone any of those activities whatsoever? <laughs> that is you doing your own shit. Don't listen to Matson. <laughs> and with that, we appreciate you tuning in. <laughs> what if you wanted to do that? Watch this movie and live through them vicariously. That's fair. <laughs> I feel like there's not much left to review. It was a great synopsis of a three-hour movie. I, but let me get into the, the nitty-gritty here and, and let you guys know that this movie, Casino, was released. November 22nd, 1995. It was written by Nicholas Pileggi and Martin Scorsese. It was directed by Martin Scorsese. It stars Robert De Niro, Sharon Stone, Joe Pesci, James Wood, Don Rickles, Kevin Pollack, and a whole bunch of old Italian guys that I'm not going to go through and name. Casino. Old, old fat Italian guys. Guys, I haven't seen this movie in like 15 years, and I remembered watching it. Why I haven't seen it in like 15 <laughs> years. I will say, having haven't watched it in a couple of years, having watched it for the review, I was like, I already know they're going to hit me on how long this movie takes to get where it needs to go. Because even I was like, 
Damn. You know, it takes a long time. Here's the thing though, is it's a lot like it's a Scorsese thing. Like this dude is so dialogue heavy, setup heavy. Like he takes forever to get anywhere. And I realize he's all very, he's a very character driven guy. And I appreciate character driven movies and television shows and, and media. However, this movie's long and it's not like fascinating long. I felt like I laughed and I had this comparison where I was like, this feels like Scarface to me in that Scarface is long. And there's like this bouts of really cool shit going on, really interesting, intriguing plot. And then there's bouts of you're like, I'm bored. (laughs) And I felt like, I don't think I'd ever made the comparison other than they're both kind of gangster movies between Scarface and this movie until I was watching it today going, oh, wow, this reminds me of Scarface just because of that very thing. It's a little long and has some downtime where I'm like, okay, (laughs) we need to move along. I'm ready for the next thing. But that's a Scorsese thing. Tried and true. Well, because his, mo- his one that came out of, like, what, one or two years ago that was, like, almost four hours or whatever it was. Yeah, The Irishman or whatever. Yeah, The Irishman, like, I watched it. I didn't mind it, but it was the same time. It was even longer, and, again, it was incredibly well acted. Like, the overall story was intriguing to an extent, but it took forever. I, I think it's just his calling card. I was about to ask, does Scorsese make a short film? I don't know. Uh, I don't know that he does. I really don't. I love that a couple of years ago, Scorsese kind of shit on Marvel yeah. for being the same movie. And this dude makes the same movie every single time he makes a movie, including Sorry. putting, making Joe Pesci for whatever reason, the muscle <laughs> dude's like three feet tall <laughs> and built like a bowling ball. <laughs> Little guys always got something to prove, man. Dude. I mean, you Robert don't see it coming. I'll give him that. Joe Pesci and put him on the shelf and just leave him there. Dude can't get down on his own. Dude, that scene where he stabs mm-hmm. that dude with the pen because he like annoyed Sam a little bit or something. You're just like, whoa, like this dude is ready. He's to a go. very angry little elf. Yeah. I mean, I will say that the one thing about this movie Casino is that it has some, it probably has the most intriguing first 35, 40 minutes of a lot of movies. It starts with a car bombing situation where you're like, this is my lead that just blew up. And then there's the pen stabbing and there's the, you know, the beauty of Vegas and seeing old Vegas and the, you know, the casinos and how it's being run and the explanation of all the different ways that they, they skim and they take money. So, I mean, it was really intriguing up front and then it just kind of falls off a cliff and you're like, Oh, this is a Scorsese film. And then it'll have these moments again where Pesci goes off or you have like the weird intrigue of the diff, like the battle between the mob and Ace and then the local politicians and guys that are running all the gaming stuff. And so that intrigue was kind of fun seeing how that all blew up their face. And then it slows down again and you're like, oh God. And I love Sharon Stone but her character just annoys the shit out of me in this movie. I think that's always been one of my, I remember it being always being one of my big problems is I feel like she was wasted in this movie because Sharon Stone is amazing. But this movie, I'm just like, eh. JJ, it was the drugs. I know, but I didn't like her when she was sober. (laughs) I like the scene where she's in the bank with their little baby 
And she's just like, look at all that daddy gave you. You're just like, this woman is motivated by one thing. She likes shiny things. Yeah. And I do like her when you first meet her and she's scamming everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, and she basically is running this underground network within the casinos in order to make more money. I just think that they ruin everything that makes her cool. And I'm like, I don't see someone, maybe I'm wrong, but this is another, and this is like an 80s, 90s movie trope where you take this strong woman that's interesting character and then she becomes not interesting because of a dude. And I'm like, a woman like that. Yeah, well, Lester and then Ace, one because they were childhood friends and the other because he has money. I'm like, a woman like that's not going to marry this dude no matter what. And she's not going to fall off what she's doing. She's going to keep making her own scratch while she has the fallback to him being a made man. Or not, he wasn't a made man, but having the money. So it's just like, I don't know. I just don't like the treatment of that character. I just think it could have done without it, even though she's the linchpin between the, that gets freaking Joe Pesci's character. You know what I should have added to the, my summary that I forgot to mention a significant portion is don't bang your childhood best friend's wife. Like don't just don't like when Joe Pesci, when he, he's at the, towards the end when they're in the back of the restaurant after they basically kick Ginger out. Well, they don't basically, they kick her out and he's like, I got a big problem here. You know, he's just like, man, (laughs) I could have done this with many, many other women that he was doing. Just like, what was I doing? I'm an idiot. Yeah. That part's so real though. Men are stupid when it comes to women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> stupid. But I liked in this movie how it portrayed two men that had two very clear goals that couldn't get out of the way of each other. They were just each other's own worst enemies to an extent. Well, I'd say the more of the blame is on Nikki because he was, I don't think he could see himself ruining a good thing if he had just stayed a little bit more behind the scenes. Sam's whole operation was working and was doing very well clearly because he didn't get killed in the end because he was still making them boatloads of money. But someone like Nikki, as we saw, if you only stab someone in a pen, like when they just say like an offhand remark, like you've got issues upstairs and you probably don't ever know when to stop. To your point, the the best part is the comparison of these two guys because they're at the end of the day, they're the same person, just two different paths like two different ways to get things done because i really think that even ace that because he he stuck to his guns in so many like with the politician the son-in-law or whatever the moron with the that didn't catch the cheater or was involved in the cheater one of the two and then fires him and refuses to take him back dude the guy just said well what can we do just make him your head of food or something like get him out of the gaming side and you can still keep both sides happy. He's not involved in anything that's going to cost you much money because they can't lose in the gaming side. But he also, you're not going to lose your gaming license or lack of gaming license isn't going to come up because you refuse to keep this dude on. Same with Nikki. Like it's just rash decisions and pride that get in the way. Nikki loses his shit because someone insults his pride or someone else that he cares about goes half cocked, starts stabbing people with a pen or beating the shit out of it and just yelling at people in public so much to the point that he becomes FBI number one in Vegas. So it's, that's what I like is that comparison of the two leads. And that's why it's so interesting to listen to their narrative too, the narration between the two of them. Cause 
you almost forget if it weren't for the fact that you can tell De Niro's and Pesci's voices so different. They basically are saying the same things in the same way. It's just from their point of view and perspective and how their voices carry through and their thought processes are. So I really like that comparison throughout the movie. I always find that to be the best part. But then there's just riddled with shit that doesn't need to be there that I'm just like, God. Yeah, I kind of love it like that, too. And uh, there, you can almost see the cracks in Ace, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're hidden. He's more refined, but they're still there. And uh, Nick, who requested this on our TikTok for us mm. to watch, his favorite scene is one of those scenes. And it's the blueberry scene in the muffins mm-hmm. where he's like, why doesn't every muffin have the same amount of blueberries? Like, look at all the blueberries in your muffin. I got two. And he goes back to the chef and he's like, you're going to put the same amount of blueberries in every muffin. And the chef's looking at me like, do you realize how long that's going to take? It's like, I don't care how long it takes, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of see that little bit of psychotic seeping through the cracks. It's still holding everything together, but you just get these little flashes, little images that <laughs> he's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's cuckoo. One thing I, I just, I've never done this before. You know, a lot of movies that are based on true stories to an extent, they embellish a lot of it. I'm just going to go down history versus Hollywood and just read a couple. Did Sam Rosenthal manage any other casinos besides the Tangiers? He actually managed four, but he, the one that he did manage in this movie, they changed the name. It was actually called Stardust, but he managed that one and three others. The Tangiers was really funded by the Teamsters. That scene where they show like the security cutting off or smashing the hand of a cheater that happened. It happened a slightly different way, but it happened. Sam and Ginger did have a daughter. They also had a son, Sam and Ginger, the Lester guy existed. She had a previous marriage and had a kid, uh, but it was a slightly different extent. Nikki did really get banned from all the casinos, so he was blacklisted. I mean, I could keep going down. Nikki did have a son. He did really recruit his boys back home for different heists. And Nikki really did sleep with Sam's wife, and it keeps going. Like So I have to give this movie props because a lot of times you just don't really know what's true and what's not. But the, I haven't gone through everything, but that's a significant part of the plot line that was, it happened straight up, which Mm. is kind of crazy to really think about the shiz you just watched in this movie really (laughs) happened. Yeah. Vegas was a nutty place. It was. Wow. It's, it (laughs) it is for very different reasons now, but it was, they they shot Philip Green's business partner, that lady, she did die in her own home. They did kill her. The whole gaming license control board thing was real. The FBI did land their plane on that golf course that happened because they ran out of fuel. <laughs> like Sam did have his own TV show to try to get back. So it's just crazy. They really did get a divorce, but it wasn't contested. It looks like it was more peaceful than that's where they embellished. It was this whole drug stuff. It seems like. Were the blueberries real? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> I did hear that there was a lot like the, the heists and stuff were pretty real too. Like the oh, stuff I guess, that Nikki was pulling off. No, I guess she really did try to run off with her to the, the, the Lenny guy. So I take that back. I don't know if the, it doesn't really say anything about the drugs, but it looks like that might've happened as well. So I do. Cause if you look at like another movie. I absolutely love the football movie. Why am I forgetting? Remember the Titans. And there's some very untrue things towards the end of that movie that greatly affect what actually happened. And when I heard that, that hurt my soul. So this makes me feel a little bit better about the movie because this stuff happened. Yeah. Well, and that's, there really was a car bomb that Rosenthal survived. 
Yeah, dude, the picture of it. Oh my gosh, the oh, real is there picture? A picture. I haven't seen the picture. Yeah, but. they have the real picture. <laughs> the car is the backup's gone. It's just gone. Like he should have really, like, really died. But I guess the plate underneath him saved him. <laughs> Which crazy. is what he did. So it really like saved his life. Cause you look at this picture, he's like should be totally dead. Always get the upgraded model. <laughs> Exactly. Never exactly. get the base. <laughs> it actually looks like Ginger was a druggie because the more I'm going down this, she did overdose <laughs> and die in that LA motel. So she died that way. Wow. Damn, That's she had a rough ending. Wow. I think she had probably had a pretty rough life for the most part. Like I can't imagine. Like I've always wondered that. Like, it's not like I've ever thought, hey, I want to be a mob gangster or whatever. But I've always I've often wondered like how stressful, like you see Ace's character, Sam's character in this, like constantly taking like his ulcer medication and he's gets in a fight with Ginger about the medication. And I can't even imagine the level of stress that you have to constantly be under, not just running casinos, but like these guys will kill you at the f- drop of a hat. If you do something silly or that endangers their business, like, at least that's always the portrayal that you get, right? And the stories that they tell, like, you're never truly safe. Even as a made man, you see, you know, and if as much as the stories you're saying that a big part of the reason that the real version of Nikki gets killed is because he slept with a non-made man's wife, like, damn. And I get it, like, I support it in a way, right? But at the same time, even as a made man can get, and his brother can get beat with a bat and buried in a cornfield. so let me, it, it actually talks about, so they were, they were told him and his brother, Nikki was going to become a cap and his brother, Michael was going to become a made man hmm. and they tricked him and they were beaten to death in the basement in Illinois and then transported to the cornfield where we saw them die. Wow. So I get like that level of just brutality and it looks like they, yeah, I mean, beaten to that they weren't buried alive like that, but what a way to go. Yeah. Kind of like Goodfellas. Another Way too long, oh. Scorsese film. Yeah, <laughs> but that's I'm the telling you, is- he makes the same movie, and Joe Pesci plays the same exact character in all mm-hmm. of them. But mm-hmm. Joe Pesci is good at playing it, though. I'm gonna give him like I know well, this movie. That's the only character. He- Home Alone. He plays a good cop, burglar. <laughs> but Alex Frozen right now. Now he's back. You can continue uh, on your rant. I was gonna say he doesn't play anybody else. It's the only character he plays. He's in no other movie. Whoa, come on, dude. My cousin Vinny, just because he's just because it's the same character in a lawyer version. My internet agrees with JJ, apparently. (laughs) That's right. It's like, shut up, Alec. JJ's right. He's the same character. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. But with the greatest running, jumping uppercut ever seen on the planet. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But to me, it's hard to deny the chemistry, though, of Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro, though. Like, they. I mean, Scorsese did have that. I think he at times maybe sat in front of a mirror and was like, I can't make any different movies. But he's like, but why? They're just so good at this. Like people will watch and we still watch and people are still watching. And they were born in the same year. Like they were made to act together. Like literally they're just perfect. And so that's what gets me through the movie. But this is my recommendation. It's funny. Like when you recommend some movies and you watch it again from a different eye, and it realized how long it takes and like the lulls through it. It would, at times this movie got a little painful for me and I'll admit with Ginger as well. Like 
she becomes annoying to an extent where I'm like, I know she's a train wreck. I don't need to see it for like the ninth time. This is hurting my soul. And I can't believe she's a mother of this child and poor girl that's going to grow up in this world and just see her mother like publicly berate her husband who in the grand scheme of things, they never, and I don't see anywhere in here, Sam never like, maybe he did or didn't cheat on her and do all that stuff. He was a pretty stable guy just trying to have like, a normal-esque relationship. Maybe he was a little cognizant of the public eye, but she just could never figure it out. And I just needed less of that. Like, we could probably cut out like 40 minutes of that almost. Yeah. Now, I also get the point that they were trying to make too, because like I was saying, she's she's kind of like a cornered badger, right? Like, she's too big for that kind of a life. So mm-hmm. by by limiting her to being you know, just his arm candy and sticking her at home. Like he's created this problem because she can't, she's lived this life of excitement and being out there making money, doing things, you know, messing with people and, and scamming people. And then you stick her in this place where she's just bored. Yeah. Of course she's going to do dumb things and things like that, but I'm with you. I think they just did it too much. Like I didn't need to see that extreme. I guess. You make a fair point, JJ, like the actual progression of the real life per like, yeah, actually makes a ton of sense. Now that I think about it, like it's, we just needed less of it because we, uh, we understood the narrative. It just became a little exhaustive. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a great way to explain a lot of the things that are going on in this movie is it's that everything that they do is actually fun. It's interesting to watch. It's a cool story. It's a little exhaustive, but I think you can say <laughs> Martin Scorsese, He's a little exhaustive because <laughs> it's just, I, you know, I was looking at a list of his films before we started recording and I'm like, the ones that I love, like, yeah, they're all very, very, very long and very exhaustive. <laughs> it's a great point to explain that. Jumping to a related topic in this movie, for those that do like to gamble, how do you watch a movie like this or like, or like Ocean's 11 through 30? I love those movies or just any Hollywood movie about, Vegas and gambling and the house always wins and you actually go gamble and you just know you're going to lose. And like the rare times that you win, but then you get him back. Just like the the scene where they show the high stakes guy, he did win, but they freaking I love that part where they conned him to get back into the casino to get him to lose. I was like, damn, that, that shiz is clever for people that are professional gamers would like to go do that, man. I don't, I don't, that's just a different world for me. Like, it's hard to just blow that kind of money. Uh, Danny Ocean tells you in Ocean's Eleven, you wait for that one good hand and then you take the house, Matson. <laughs> it's hard, hard to wait. And the one thing about casinos for me, like, they're I mean, they built, design it. There's yeah. no windows. Yeah. They temperature to where they place. It's all there to make you stay. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And and. All of the games. So when I when I do go to casino, because I love going to casinos, but I don't. I like casinos. I, I don't say play Vegas, like one of my favorite cities. Oh, me too. I love Vegas, but I don't play certain games, and I'll never play poker in a casino because I'm not smart enough for that game. <laughs> me too. Because that's a game that you can win if you can read people and you understand your odds and you can read cards to a certain degree. But there is so much going on. I'm just like. Fuck it, I'm bored. Let's go. And so I will lose money really quickly. But I only play, I play a handful of games. I play Pi Gal because nine times out of 10, you push. I play Blackjack because I can control it to a degree and I bet low. I bet small and I only play, and I know 
where to play and where to go. Well, I'm done. You know what I mean? Like you just, you don't. But do you hit. walk in when you're going to go gamble JJ and say, I've got a thousand or five grand or whatever. Like that's what I'm spending and I'm done. Like do you have, and you already like this money's gone. Like I'm, I'm losing it. Cause I feel you have to go in with mentality. Like it's, it's over. Absolutely. Like I, when we go, like I go for way more than just the gambling, but I have a gambling budget that I'll go with. And it'll be, I'm assuming you're going, there's that place that's like what, an hour and a half, two hours away. It's you went over there's yeah, Mesquite yeah, yeah, yeah. and then there's yeah, Vegas yeah. that are all within driving distance. So when I go to Wendover, I go to Wendover to golf more than I do to actually gamble. Cause Wendover's got uh, some pretty decent golf courses. For, I didn't know you were a golfer. Pretty, yeah, yeah. I love the golf. So I'll go out to Wendover to golf. I don't usually go to, to gamble. If I do gamble at Wendover, it's pie gal or it's craps. If I'm feeling frisky, cause craps, craps Crabs is the only game in the casino where you actually have better odds than the house. And it's not by a lot. I mean, it's barely, but overall the game, the basic level of game gives you better odds than the house by just like this much. And it's fun. It's a really fun game. Once you learn all the crazy shit that's going on on the table. What I don't do is like poker. I don't do video machines. I don't do slot machines because all that shit is look, it's tech. Now it's all computers. Yeah, it's all computers algorithms. have algorithms that are designed for your ass to feel real good for a minute then fucking take you at the end. So I don't, I don't deal with that shit. Cause I have a somewhat addictive personality. So I'll win and go, I can do that again. Fuck off. No, you can't, <laughs> but pie gal and blackjack and craps craps is all a game of chance, but the odds are decent based on it's just math. It's just numbers being rolled. Blackjack, I can control how much I bet and I can control when I bet more versus just losing my $5 bet. In Pie Gal, you just push. Like since nine times out of 10, you push and then you just do it again. So I play games that I can maximize because what my real love for gambling is sitting and drinking watered down shitty booze for free while I hang out with funny people. I love talking to dealers. Like one of my favorite thing or going to a blackjack table because it's one of the only games where everybody helps everybody because you can get fucked by the person next to you if they do dumb shit and don't follow the typical established rules for blackjack. So a lot of times you go to a blackjack table and because you can't really cheat at blackjack besides counting cards, you can sit at a table and have conversations with the other people at the table playing. And the dealer will even give you suggestions and they won't tell you, Based on their card, they'll tell you the rules of blackjack. They'll say to you, based on what you have versus my up card, stay or you should hit because that's where we're at. Those are the basic knowledge rules. And I love that sitting around having a good time talking with people at the blackjack table or the pie gal table. That shit's fun to me and just getting free drinks. But I, I don't like casinos. losing money. But I love. I'm not casinos. a big. I'm not a big gambler. I didn't grow up with it, but I love to go now, and I'll do a couple of things. But I don't know it well enough to like be a connoisseur of it. But we should all time. just go to Vegas, and I'll teach you guys how to play craps. I'm so down. Now I'd love to do that. The other thing, and this is an aside here, that for everyone, listeners, you guys, if you didn't know this, a lot of the casinos in Vegas, if you go during the day when the gambling is slow, they usually have some open tables there of all their games. Almost every one of the major casinos, the one that we did it at was uh, we went to Planet Hollywood. They'll, during the day, they'll teach you how to play the games with no 
with fake chips. So when we went to Planet Hollywood, mm-hmm. they gave us, there was Circus Circus chips, like old Circus Circus chips with like a hole drilled in it. And we sat at the craps table for like 30 minutes and we all, the, everybody that was there got to roll the, be the, the roller. And then the person teaching you will scrape. And so they teach you, how do you make these bets? How do you bet on, cause you have the little dice pictures of like the hard eights, the hard doubles, and then you got your out, your come out line. And so they literally teach you from start to finish how to play, because if they teach you, you're more likely to go spend money and, and gamble but they'll do it with any, any game. They'll teach you blackjack. They'll teach you multi-deck blackjack. They'll teach you the best and smartest ways to play each game because it doesn't mean anything to them because the odds are in their favor nine out of almost every game in the casino. I say that because it's fun to learn the different games being taught to you and you actually, it makes playing in real time more interesting. Now, the other advice I always give to people that go to Vegas is go to Bill's Gambling Hall. It's right next to... I don't know what it's next to now or if it's even standing, but it's just really old dump of a casino, but they have like dollar blackjack and they have like $5 craps where a lot of craps games in the bigger casino casinos are $20 buy like come out. You have to bet $20 minimum. That shit hurts when you start losing 20, 40, $60 come out rolls. Whereas if I'm throwing down $5 a game, my shitty luck, it's still fun for me. And so, like, I love Bill's gambling. I'll go sit and play dollar blackjack for like three hours and drink stale beer and hang out with weird people. <laughs> but yeah, I love Vegas. Yeah. Anytime anybody wants to go to Vegas, is just Bill's gambling is that close to Fremont? No, it's it's up on the the other side, but it's close to it's across the street, kind of from Caesars, little uh, Caesars Palace. Mm. It's across the street and kind of up towards MGM. So if you we were staying at the Paris Hotel the last time we went to Bill's gambling hall and we, we would come out of Paris hotel and we would walk in front of Bally's. I think it is. And then you cross the street and Bill's gambling halls right there. And you wouldn't even know what the hell it was. If you didn't just walk in and be like, Holy shit, this is actually a casino. It looks like an old West type of like, it's like walking in on uh, tombstone. Like when they're in there betting at tombstone in the movie tombstone, <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like. It's all you walk in, you're like, Smells like three day old beer. <laughs> you're my Huckleberry. But it, yeah, exactly. I'm your Huckleberry. Go get some pizza from Grimaldi's when you're there in the Venetian. Oh, Delicious. I love Vegas. I love I love Vegas. So anything that can get me to Vegas. Last time we went, we stayed, not the last time, but a time we went, we stayed at the New York, New York for two nights for free. It's a fun hotel. And we went to two shows for free. I try not to spend money getting there and staying there. I like to spend money on other things, food typically, and then gambling and then buying souvenirs and shit. I love Vegas. Cool. Yeah. Casino. What a long movie. It is a classic. I have to give it some credit. I do love Joe Pesci, even though he does play the same character in almost every movie he's ever been in, but I love Joe Pesci. He's so, he has such great charisma on screen, no matter what. And then Sharon Stone, I could watch Sharon Stone for ages, especially 80s Sharon Stone when she was actually a good actress for the most part. And De Niro's just De Niro. Even James Wood is a shitty little... James Wood's is good, usually, too, <laughs> as a side character. All right, should we rate this thing? Let's do it. All right. I go first. Okay, go first. It's my movie. I think this movie will always be better when the, the first time that I saw it. It's long, extremely well acted. I do enjoy the characters. 
I do enjoy pretty much the whole story arc to an extent, but having watched this, like a lot of things we watch for this podcast, you just kind of see the gaping holes and a lot of what you've, you've thought you'd enjoyed more. I don't know the next time I'm going to watch this movie because man, it's long. Like I, I can understand why you haven't seen it in like 10 years, JJ. So for that reason, I'm going to give it a two. It's a good movie, but there's a lot of gaping holes that were presented to me. And I'm man enough to admit that something that I thought was better the first time that I saw is not as good the third time. And for our listeners, if you want a good gangster movie, like it's a good Scorsese film, it's on brand, but it's going to take you a hot minute to watch it. Yeah. All right, Alec. Awesome. Thanks, Nick, for requesting Matson's movie so we get that on the docket quicker through TikTok. That is true. Um, appreciate you, Nick. I really like this movie. I know I took a little bit of a dump on it, but that's just because Joe Pesci and Martin Scorsese make the same exact film every single time they make a film. <laughs> um, but I really enjoy it, and I love the deep kind of character story in this one, down to the point that the reason that the Teamsters got busted was because they didn't reimburse their employee for his travel. And he was keeping his receipts. Mm-hmm. So employers everywhere learn. It's <laughs> good lesson. Especially if, you're, especially if you're skimming off your Vegas casino. Yeah. But I, I just love the whole kind of in and out of these gangster Scorsese movies and the, the real deep story that he tells and the kind of crisscrossing lines and having just De Niro and Pesci narrate over was such a nice touch. For me, this is a four. Plain and simple. I enjoy it. I mean, it is a long watch, but it was kind of made when three-hour movies were non-existent. And now they're kind of the norm is these long, dragging-out movies. And sometimes I feel like these longer movies now don't have as much reason to be long as Casino does, being made in 95. So, yeah, I would definitely watch it again. It's awesome. If I hadn't watched this and we had just reviewed it and I just had just said I've seen it enough, I probably would have given this a four. But having watched it again, it was a nail in the coffin for me. Yeah. <laughs> One time too many for me. Yeah, I, I'm going to be in the middle of the two of you. Like I, I love the acting. You could put De Niro and Pesci in anything and I'm probably going to enjoy it. I mean, even Kevin Pollock. I love Kevin Pollock, even though he's only in it barely there's a lot of actors in this that i love to watch i think the story is compelling i think the acting is great i just think it's overdone i think it's scorsese got in his own way and the other issue that i have that comes up with me is if i'm gonna watch scorsese gangster i'm gonna watch goodfellas because you have the addition of ray liotta with uh Mm -hmm. it's half an hour shorter there's more connection to like the family side of it it's just not this story of how vegas casinos were created and how sports books were put into the casinos and then all of the psychosis around the families and the teamsters that were going on during that time at the same time to be overbloated i think if you had trimmed down 30 minutes of this movie i would have rated it even higher but again i would always say if i'm going to watch scorsese and gangsters it's going to be good fellas over this one just because there's nothing like a good Ray Liotta as Henry Hill fucking going nuts and paranoid and shit. But overall, I, I enjoy the movie. It'll probably be another 15 years before I watch it again. Unless Casey does want to hold to it. She hasn't seen it, so she wants to watch it. So I may suffer through another three hours. But yeah, so I'm going to give it a three. I want to say something. I think what also hindered me for this, I recently watched A Bronx Tale uh, mm-hmm. before this and watched Casino and... 
Frogstown is just better, like yeah. a lot better to me. It doesn't have Joe Pesci. It's not a Scorsese film, but I think that I had that comparison in my head and I quite, that movie's exceptionally better in my opinion. It's kind of long too, but yeah. really captivating for me in that one. Like I, so I think that kind of affects me because I'm sitting here being like, man, I really did give it a two, but I feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, uh, that whole point hits the nail on the head with this movie. If you're looking for a gangster movie or like a mob movie or a team, there's better choices out there. While this one isn't bad, it's just not the best choice to spend three hours watching. But but I, I wonder if a movie parts. that tells a true story, this movie has got to be one of the most Some true. Point. I didn't know that. So this movie's got to be up there for the most true movie made about a true story. That and Goodfellas. So Scorsese does it because Goodfellas is true too. So uh, fair. it's another one. In fact, there's people, there, the guy that, not Henry Hill, but I can't remember whose character it is, but there's a guy that's like a side character in Goodfellas that does like talks about being part of that crew and knowing that group. So it's very interesting, but yeah. Scorsese makes interesting films and he tells good stories because like he did gangs in New York was relatively true Uh, as well. So, I mean, he's done some great ones where he holds pretty true to the story and the, you know, the truth of it all as close as you can. I'll give him that film. Good job doing that. Which is part of the reason I think some of his films are so goddamn long. Yeah. But anyway, there it is. Uh, across the board, that was the widest spread we've had in a while. So interesting film. Good choice, Nick. Thank you. Nick makes the bags, right? Go he check his stuff out. He makes cool bags. We're going to have him on. We are going to have him on one of these days. So thanks, Nick. It's a good choice. Madsen, great choice. It was on your list, and Nick pushed it to the top. So I liked it. <laughs> getting getting our getting our listeners in here. Nick, this is a much better movie than Charles recommended. So let's, not, <laughs> let's let that be remembered here. That's fair. That's Charles fair. out here trying to get us to watch booty movies. <laughs> Nick's got some class. That's funny. All right. Well, Matson, tell them where else they can find us. Yeah, we'll make this one quick. You guys can listen to us. Every good podcast can be found on What's Our Verdict Reviews. Check us out at whatsourverdict.com, especially as we're putting on our slate for the month of September. It's, again, TV shows are king. We're still doing She-Hulk. we got... House of the Dragon and Rings of Power is about to drop. And we're going to be doing a live show as we have been doing on Mondays for Rings of Power and House of the Dragon at what 6 p.m. Mountain. So that's 8 p.m. Eastern. And those are the only two time zones we'll give you. 5 p.m. Pacific, <laughs> maybe one more. We, we hate Central Time, so screw you Central. And check <laughs> us out at TikTok to see recent videos of me getting made fun of uh, by Alec. Yeah, pretty fun. That, that The time zone thing is always a payback for me living in the West Coast oh, now or the West side of the country now, not the coast, but you always used to get the 8-7 Central. Fuck off. You don't say mountain, I'm not saying Central, bitches. <laughs> All right. So, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Cinemagic out.